We got upsets in college. We got upsets in the NFL. We got terrible officiating. We are right in the meat of the football schedule. This is Between the Hashes. Give me that countdown. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Between the Hashes, Episode 5. John here with, uh, as always, with James, with CJ in CJ's lovely basement, howdy, howdy. bringing you all the news, all the hot takes regarding college and NFL. Uh, guys, we had a crazy week in college this week. I guess that's the best place to start. Upsets all over the board. Um, wasn't sure if there was a game that you guys wanted to start with first. I think Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech at home was maybe the craziest one on the whole slate. Loved it. Loved it. I don't even know where Old Dominion is on a globe, but it's I in loved Virginia. It. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Learn something new every day. I always thought dogs laid eggs. <laughs> so Virginia Tech mismanaged the clock at the end of the game so horribly. I don't know if you guys saw how that game ended. They took their timeouts at the worst possible time, which left time on the clock for Old Dominion to run out. They they weren't very efficient with how they were calling their timeouts. Ended up screwing themselves when they got the ball back. And then Old Dominion just let it all hang out. When They got the ball. They're up seven um, with, I believe it was a minute 45 left. No timeouts for Virginia Tech. The game is over. Old Dominion's just going to kneel on the ball to kill the clock. And instead, they run a play, and they take it all the way to the house for the two-score game. Place was going nuts. Um, it was the first time that Old Dominion had beaten a ranked team in the 10-year history of the program since it's been revitalized. Awesome, awesome upset to kick off the weekend. Love it. Absolutely love it. What game were you guys watching? Um, I caught the end of the Old Dominion game. That was, that was very, very shocked. I thought, uh, in fact, I thought this was funny. So. Old Dominion a couple of years back tweeted out a picture of the of a new scoreboard with the Virginia Tech Old Dominion game, and Old Dominion put them up over Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech was like, "Not so fast, you know. Wait till we get on the field. We'll see what happens." Blah 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 blah. blah. And yeah, Old Dominion hit on it. That was, you got to give them that. That's ballsy. I think I I thought I read Virginia Tech. Is scheduled to play Old Dominion for the next like six or seven years too, so it's not like something's. It's not like this is going away anytime soon. That'd be great. A couple more. A uh, lot of a lot of sort of that middle of the AP top twenty-five teams in that area were having a real hard problem, uh, a real hard time on Saturday. There was Virginia Tech at thirteen losing, Mississippi State at fourteen, Oklahoma State at fifteen, TCU at seventeen, all going down. And big time upsets. The of uh, all the upsets, the least surprising to me is uh, Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky, because Kentucky beat Florida the week before, first time in what thirty some odd years. So this Kentucky team was coming in hot. They they had momentum, and you know you know very defensive game, but Kentucky just they're legit. I think I, they might scare some teams. I didn't think they were going to be legit at all. I thought. That was going to be a cakewalk from Mississippi. I thought last week against Florida was just a fluke game that Florida just walked in, not realizing who Kentucky actually was. And I, I was baffled at that. Now I'm rooting for Kentucky to try to get up there in the top 15. So Kentucky, yeah. 
and Texas both taking ranked teams down back-to-back weeks. They took down your boys, the USC Trojans, out there two weeks ago, taking down TCU by by double digits this week as well. I watched that game head-to-toe, the TCU game, and that was so exciting. The, the place was rocking from kickoff to the last minute. Oh, it was so great to watch. Texas got some weapons. That kid Humphreys is uh, he's a he's a stud at receiver. Ellinger looks pretty good. Um, but we were joking. Jordan, it was yeah. all it was all TCU's fault though. Like Texas played like their game, but the reason why Texas was able to win because TCU just shot themselves in the foot. They just kept turning the ball over and they couldn't hold on to it. I still think Texas is a pumpkin. That's bias, but <laughs> Texas, I, I just. I still think they're the same. This, you got to remember, this is the same team that lost to Maryland week one. Maryland is, is having a terrible season. I I, I still think I think they're going to implode. Because well, we were joking about Texas not being yes. back after that terrible loss to Maryland, but they, they've rattled off a couple impressive ones in a row. <sighs> I'm still not 100%. Well, cause they shouldn't have lost that first week. They shouldn't have. But well, they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they just looked ugly. Yeah, there's something to be said about teams who win when they're supposed to. So I guess I can see that. Um, Plus, let's be real here. We all know who the best team in the Big 12 is. It's not Texas. It's Oklahoma. So uh, until they beat Oklahoma, Red River shootout. Yeah, it's not even really close either. Um, I mean, you might get teams like West Virginia could compete for the Big 12, but uh, it's it's not going to be, you know, the Texas and Texas Techs of the world, even though they're scoring these pretty big upsets in September. A lot of time. A whole lot of time. Um, some close games, too. Uh, we almost had a few more upsets. Stanford-Oregon was an awesome, awesome game that Oregon gave away oh right at the God, end. Oh, my God. That was so bad. And, it, I mean, it, all they had to do was run the clock out, was kneel the ball, not turn it over, and they fumble it back to Stanford. They end up going into overtime, and Stanford ends up outlasting Oregon for the win. I, there was there were a lot of surrender cobras in the Oregon stands oh, <laughs> at God. the end of that game. I was surrendering cobra. I just couldn't. I cobra? was stand, yeah. I was <laughs> staring at the TV like, well, I can't believe what I just witnessed. I thought Oregon had it in the bag. They, I, that's because they did. Yeah, I don't. They Oregon found a way to lose that game more so than Stanford found a way to win. Love Oregon's quarterback though, Herbert. Oh man, he that that kid has balls. He has an arm. He has cannon. Absolute fucking cannon. They are exciting. Doesn't I mean it doesn't matter if it's Chip Kelly there, if uh so gimmicky. I, I know it, so I know gimmicky. it, but man, they they're they're high flying, they're fun to watch. But you see, this goes back to my point a couple of weeks ago. This is when college is awesome for somebody like me who isn't totally divulged in it. When you're getting yeah. five and six crazy <laughs> upsets every single week, I can see how appealing that is and how much fun it is. I just you know, I can't I can't get on board with Alabama smoking Old Dominion a hundred to nothing. Yeah. But when Old Dominion comes in and beats Virginia Tech by two scores, that I can get on board with. But now we're getting to the key, key of the schedules for all the teams. Now it's now it's put up or shut up. A lot of conference games coming up. Huge. Oh, it's the best time of the year. So bread and butter. Yeah. Um, AP top twenty-five took a big shake after all those upsets. Um, Mississippi State dropped, I think it was nine slots from uh, from 14 to 23. And we had five teams dropping out of the top 25. Virginia Tech all the way from 13 to unranked. Yeah. Oklahoma State from 15 to unranked. TCU from 17 to unranked. And then BC and A&M kind of rounded out that top 25. 
uh, no longer there with losses. But we've got um, Duke jumping up into the top 25. Love it. The Cal Golden Bears, Texas Tech, uh, and our friends over at Texas. Kentucky, too, and man. Kentucky. And Kentucky. Yeah. One spot higher, too. Michigan had a nice big jump this week for you. Love it. Love it. Needed it. I needed that a game like that. That's definitely a nice confidence booster. Nebraska, 0-3. That that blows my mind. Bringing shame to the Big Ten. Uh, the worst part. Uh, you know, and they're a new addition to the Big Ten, but they're supposed to be a powerhouse. I haven't seen it. It used to be. Oh, long time ago. It used to be. Notre Dame stays put. Notre Dame stays put. Went over the, uh, put. the Demon Deeks. Yeah. That was, that was a Lucky. very, very convincing win. I loved what I saw in all aspects. Their special teams was awesome. They had a 56-yard punt return where they doubled up on the um, kicker's runners going down. The gunners. They, they actually had a designed block set up perfectly. Fink caught it, which my next prediction is Fink is going to be the next undrafted free agent golden boy of the Pats. He's small, white, fast. He's perfect for the <laughs> He checks all the boxes. Yeah. Get around it. He can catch infield punts. Yeah. Belichick will reach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he brought it back 56 yards when they couldn't really get their offense started. And they, at that, I think it was only like 7 3 at that point. And then that, after that mark, it was high flying offense. That was the a rest power of snap. That was real good. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the game, they were just on fire. Their defense was great. It was. It got to the point where they got to forty-nine to thirteen, I think it was, and then Chip, uh, not Chip Kelly, Brian Kelly's cousin, <laughs> was like, "All right, I can put in my freshman. I can put in my second stringers and see what I actually have on defense." Now that we actually have a game where we should have blown out, like things are actually going our way. That kept it close, though. It was close for a while, man. I was, I was. I'm, it it was seat. very scary. It took Ian Book a while to get going. It like took a couple drives. Just to kind of settle his nerves, get going. They find a game plan, and they just rolled with it. And Jafar Armstrong, who used to be a wide receiver, now he's a running back. Now he actually gets it. He's getting the game plan. He's got. He looks awesome, by the way. Completely awesome. You got Tony Jones Jr. looks fantastic, and now they got their star-studded running back back this week going into Stanford. Dexter Williams, who's going to be a brutal force to reckon. That's a big game. There's a couple big games on the slate coming up. Not the game of the week, week. though, man. I I hate to say it, but you guys are the game of the week. It can't be. Can't be. It can't be with Ohio State, Penn State. That's everybody's got that one. Monumental. Uh huh. Um, the winner of that game's got to be in the driver's seat for the Big Ten. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Who do you like in that game? Ooh, that is who I like and who I think are two (laughs) different. Things I, I would. I, I know would, you don't like Ohio State. I think I think it's going to be Ohio State, but is it in Happy Valley? It's yeah. in Penn State. Oh, Happy Valley. That's a, that's a tough place to play. I I, I just think uh, I'm I'm all in on McSorley. I've I've gushed about him for a while now. This kid is legit. I think they pull it off. I, I want them to pull it off. I think realistically, though, Ohio State pulls off the first point. game with Urban Meyer back, right? No, they. Oh, uh, that was this past week against two. Yeah, it was this past week. So first big game, though. First game that yeah, matters. That really counts. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But Happy Valley is gonna be a rockin'. Give me the lines. 
given to me. What's the line? Dude? Have you that, seen? That's a good uh, question. I meant to look that up. I'd be interested to see what that is. I mean, it's. I feel like it's not too common in college when you have a game with such big implications this early when we're not even in October yet. I know we're kind of making our way out of the cupcake part of the schedule and we're going to get some conference matchups going forward now, but that's a big one. I mean, I'm almost surprised you don't see some of those weaker teams in the big 10 going at each other or, you know what I mean? Ohio state taking on somebody without the pedigree of Penn state, but they, they really, um, they put a doozy on for September to, to end the first month. Yes. Um, Ohio State favorite three and a half, by the way. Um, Over under 71 and a half. <sighs> That's yeah. a lot of points. So, but, I mean, Ohio State's offense has been on fire. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, who his breakout moment was against, was against us last <laughs> year, and he put us to shame. So this kid's legit. They got great running backs. It's just so their best players out. Uh, Joey Bosa's brother, which is ironically, he hit, he's injured, mm-hmm. so he sidelined for some time. But they're just such a complete team. You, you, I know previously I said Bam was probably the 33rd NFL team. Ohio State might be 34. <laughs> it's, they're just that. I mean, Penn State's no joke either. James James Franklin runs a good ship up there too. They've come a long way since the whole uh, Joe Pod. They've really turned that around, so, considering all the sanctions they had to deal with too to come mm-hmm. back. I, I don't. I mean, quickly is a relative term, but you kind of figured they'd no, be in the dust for there, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Bill Bill O'Brien put him on the right path, but Franklin, yeah, he's he's done amazing, killing it. Stanford Notre Dame, big one. That I've been nervous about that one for three weeks now. Um, it's a good thing you don't play because you've been looking forward to that game <laughs> all these four weeks. Yeah, I would have been well out of. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm a. Uh, it's two four nos. It's I. It's hard to choose Notre Dame over Stanford, especially with that huge win Stanford got last week. That's a favorite. They're riding high. It's in South Bend, but. I'm going to have to back my voice here. An Ian book was awesome. It just gives them a whole other dynamic. It'll be interesting because the past few years where Notre Dame has kind of been on the cusp of being one of those contenders and being for real, they dominate the Wake Forest of the world. They got the big win against Michigan, obviously, early. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes into a game like this, it's kind of when they don't show up. So it'll be interesting to see if they turn that corner and if they can win this big game at home and, and you know, inch closer to that those final four spots as the year goes on. I'm well aware that they usually lose this game. That's why I'm not confident I'm going into saying. this game. Well, you guys are the favorite. ESPN has you guys predict uh, with a 67% chance of winning. Um, um, main thing is, can you guys stop Bryce Love? Bryce Love has not had a great start to a season. No. So... Is is he gonna break off? Is this is is this his Heisman moment? You know, that's I'm like, gonna say it's if he's gonna have a Heisman moment, it's not gonna be against Notre Dame's front seven. Their front seven is star studded. They have three senior All Americans. Yeah, but this his stock goes up like tenfold if, if he's able to do this against a top ten defense. Yeah, but the the two linebackers, Tranquil and Coney, are gonna be all over him. Plus they got um Stanford has a wide receiver, um Dika White, seventeen catches, seven touchdowns. I mean, he's a he's a he's a threat. He's a big boy. You guys got to contain him. He's I know your boy. secondary is pretty decent, but 
That's a that's a tough that's a tall task. So is it is it in book going forward, or if he comes out with a sure. bad second half, is it eh, maybe we turn back to Winbush and it's it's honestly what the um they haven't named like. Going forward, it's going to be Ian, but they're reluctant to actually say Ian because they know yeah. it's you got two very different quarterbacks that they have, and it's going to be two different game plans going in. It's going to be whoever they think is going yeah, to Yeah, I'm just curious season. if he starts to struggle, if that's when the two-quarterback thing kind of comes into play or if they're just going to ride with him going forward yeah, regardless. That has to kill confidence. There's no way. Yeah. You, you need kill. the stability. Yeah. yeah, especially after Wimbush sitting and then not playing a snap. Oh, yeah. Week, it, you got to start. Lights out after week one, and then, right. yeah, to be bent. Yeah, that's that's humbling. You can't you can't play with the fear that if you mess up, you're going to get pulled. It's, mm-hmm. it, you just can't do that. You can't have the right mentality to go out there and play how you need to if you're uh, constantly looking over your shoulder at the next guy. Um, any other games out there that you guys wanted to, uh, to go over quick? I know there was a couple uh, conference matchups worth looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see West Virginia, uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming in high. Up into the 25 now. Yep, finally in the top 25. Um, although I think they were in there the week before and then they lost and got out. But West Virginia, their offense is legit. Will Greer, I saw a stat that he has 14 touchdowns and 24 incompletions. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. This kid is on fire. He, um, has been front runner. I, I think that high, high powered offense just, they keep at it. I like it. I'm uh, I'm actually excited with now California jumping up. It's Oregon, California. Can Oregon bounce back after that? Who calls them California? I do. Cal. Roll California. on, you bears. Yeah. <laughs> California. University of California at Berkeley. Cal Berkeley. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Oregon can kind of put that game behind them from last week. They had Stanford in their house. They had him beat, and they just coughed it up. Right. I just don't want to see Cal being D.C. where they make it in to the top 25 for one week and then bounce out. I mean, getting bounced by Oregon is a lot different than getting bounced by Purdue. Right. For what it's worth. Purdue is a sneaky 0-3 team, though. They they played a lot better than their record uh, indicators. Uh, uh, one. They have one win now. They, have one. they were 0-3. I'm they saying were. they were. They're, so. they're a feisty 0-3. <laughs> yeah. And BC, the, their biggest, their biggest superstar, AJ Dillon, he was contained. So yeah, he, he didn't do a single thing. I think he got sixty yards, maybe one touchdown. Not yeah, it was like sixteen carries. Yeah, so not his best game. So you cut the head off the snake. You know that's it. Dead. I like it. So you touched on Will Greer with West Virginia a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like. You know, we're starting to get into the meat of the season here. Yes. A Heisman race is going to start taking uh, shape pretty soon. Favorite time. Everybody kind of thought going in it would be, you know, Bryce Love, Jonathan Taylor, maybe a couple other guys thrown into that mix. Ed Oliver was another name that defensive yep. tackle. Yep. Houston. Um, but we've seen, you know, Dwayne Hoskins, Dwayne Haskins got thrown into that conversation. Tua is there. He's played unbelievable. For Kyle Murray is playing lights out. Kyle Murray's playing it. well. Um. I, it's exciting to see, you know, how these guys kind of start to separate themselves, especially once the meat of the schedule, once we really get into that and we'll see who starts performing against better and better competition as the year goes. Gut checks. That's really what it comes down to. This time of the year, this is who wants it more. And, uh, I mean, so right now, front runners, like you had mentioned, Tua is, 
I didn't even think Tua was going to get all the, the playing time. Between Jalen Hurts and, and him, who was going to get all the snaps? Tua just lights out. Yep. He, he, he basically put that competition to rest. Uh, Haskins, like I said, his breakout, breakout game against us. I think he's my favorite right now. As a Haskins? Fan. I think, yeah. It's, if he keeps playing the way he is, I mean, he's got a lot of Vic in him. He's got 16 TDs, one interception. And he's 75% completion. Like the guy's just lights out. Yeah, no, that kid's a that kid's a future stud. And Will Greer, like I mentioned, just he's Captain Insano. He um that I mean West West Virginia's gonna put up points no matter what, but he's just he's killing it. And he's I think he's just gonna continue to trend upwards. It's a it's an offensive conference, the Big Twelve. So it's just high powered and he's just gonna put up stats. Yeah. I would love to see if Ed Oliver can do something. I mean the only thing that's hurt in this case, he's just, he just got zero sacks. And when it comes down to Heisman voting, it, it's going to look down. It's like, all right, well, he has a shit ton of tackles, but none of them were sacks. Well, no defensive players wanted since Woodson, right? I know. That's, he's I, the only defense. No, yeah, I think he's yeah, the only primarily only, defensive player. Yeah. Um, although Sue was a finalist a few years back. Tao. Tao, which that I knew he wasn't going to win because – but still, yeah, that, that's, Notre Dame's defense as a whole. That's no small good. feat, man. A, a primary defensive player to be a Heisman finalist, especially an inside linebacker too. That's yeah. you know, unless you're Keekly or, or Ray Lewis or one of those guys, you're not necessarily a flashy playmaker as an inside linebacker. And I feel like that's kind of the Heisman is a lot of glitz and glam. Yep. So that's that's pretty impressive, even to be in that conversation. Yeah, that's where it. If Oliver doesn't get a single sack, I mean, he's not yeah, in any ways in the conversation. Right, right. They're going to go with the big numbers and and usually the quarterback or a running back or something. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned the top 25. There was a few shakeups. Uh, I always get a kick, personally, uh, I get a kick out of when there's teams like LSU and Oklahoma and Penn State and Auburn who just kind of flip-flop yeah. for a couple of weeks before either of them play anybody of significance. Um was there anything that jumped up to you guys? We talked about those five teams that jumped up into the, the top 25. I thought it was kind of interesting how Kentucky and Texas hop right up into 17 and 18. Just bypass the 20s. We don't even need to, to mess around with those. Well, like you said, uh, they beat two ranked teams back-to-back weeks. So it, that's putting a good resume together. So, I mean, I would definitely put them ahead of the other teams that, that were ranked that they're ahead of now. So they're, they're worthy of that ranking. I got to give them to them. Duke at 22. I mean, I didn't even think Duke was even on the radar. Yeah, that's sneaky. They always come out of nowhere. Yeah. Six of the top 25 is in the SEC. So I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same as we go forward. I mean, that's the norm. Let's be real. <laughs> SEC is the best conference in football. So to see them, see them have six, that's no small feat. Yeah, three out of the top five. Big Ten still riding strong with five. He's right behind, man. Yay, independent. <laughs> you and BYU, you got two of them. <laughs> Moving on uh, to the NFL, we had another crazy slate of games uh, in the National Football League. We can start with your Cleveland Brownies. Finally, baby. Winning their first game Cleveland in over a year. And it took putting in the number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Replacing Tarot Taylor to get that first pick. I'll give you the floor. Let you talk about Cleveland however you want. That was such an exciting game. But you can't 
put all the blame of Tarad doing so bad in the first half. Jets were sending the house. It was they were sending two or three guys from the side every time, and he just had zero time to throw, and he got obliterated back there. And the offensive coordinator was not doing anything about it. If you are a fan of aggressive defense, holy cow, did you like the Jets game plan to start that, that was, game? It's like perfect, perfect. Give him zero time to throw because you know he's not going to be able to do it. But then if you look at all Cleveland's plays, they were streaks. They were long posts. They were no quick ins and outs just to get a couple passes just to try to relieve the pressure. Throw right into the blitz. Yeah. He's so fun. Right where the blitz is coming, you throw it right at their head. Uh, oh, my God. Watching him play, that – It was electric. He, he's 5 2.0. If, like, a carbon, carbon clone copy of Brett Favre. Wow. Um, I, I'm – I kind of expected him to be a bust of sorts. I'm I'm gonna eat those words real quick. I think this kid <laughs> is legit. He's he's ready to play. It's the Jets. No Let's shift into third real quick. But it's the Jets. He's dynamic. And he looked great, especially coming in at the end, like having two minutes at the end of the half is his first drive. That's nails, man. And that, drive down the field to football. That is the, the stuff board. of nails. You got to be tough, tough sob. Be a quarterback in this league, and this kid has it. He, even his post game um, interview, he was not. He was extremely humble. He walked out like it was just another game, like he just had a scrimmage. And he talked with um, NFL experts, and he was just, he was just cool. He was calm. He thanked his entire team. He even said, "Oh, um, Carlos is Hyde's birthday. Happy birthday, man! You're about to have a kid. Congratulations!" And whatnot. Like he talked about his teammates before he talked about himself. So the interesting thing, too, and you said Brett Favre 2.0, it was yeah. the same date where Favre made his relief appearance of Don Mikowski and let a comeback win against the Cincinnati Bengals. I saw Bengals. that. I did actually see Literally, that. it was September 20th. I, uh, I'm i going to kick myself for not getting this right. I think it was 1994, either 94 or 93. Um, Favre came in in relief of Don Mikowski, who left injured, led the comeback drive, and that's what started Favre's Ironman streak of starts. And Baker Mayfield, who gets compared to Favre. Uh, he did the photo shoot. <laughs> he did that, his draft oh, photo shoot, which is great. The, shorts. the short jean shorts and oh. the big uh, the big mobile phone. Yeah. It was the same date. It was September 20th. That, that was one of the first things I thought of when I saw that the next day. Uncanny parallels, man. But we live in a simulation. We, 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 we live in the Matrix. I'm just going to say, I still start Taylor. False. He would, Whoa, be two no if hold on, hold on. he would be 2-0 if it wasn't for bad kicking. He would be 2-0 if it wasn't for bad kicking. If the, you're as the conductor of the Browns hype train, you're really going to yes. put all your money on Tyrod Taylor. I'm not putting all my money. No, but, but, I'm, but you keep saying he should still be the starter. Correct. Wow. Oh, could not disagree more. It's the he should be 2-0. It it's, Baker, it's Baker show. It, it has to yeah, be. Yeah, Mayfield got the first win, but one, it was against the Jets, who haven't been good, really, except for one game. And then... It, Taylor should already gotten that first win and then another win. Wins but are not because a QB of stat. bad mm. kicking. Wins are not a QB stat, first of all. I know it's not a QB <laughs> stat. Second of all, you you can't play that game because if they, they win that game on Thursday night with Baker Mayfield coming in relief, the second they start to struggle with Taylor the next the next game, the boo birds come out and then it's putting Baker Mayfield right back into another hole where yeah. they've got none of the momentum. You, you've got to ride him now. You can't go back to Tarod. 
I say give Taylor one more chance. One more chance. But Hugh Jackson does not have that luxury, dude. He is he was one in thirty two one in thirty one in two years. So he doesn't have the luxury of waiting. Yeah, you gotta play the stud. You you, you, you play that stud. You you push him, you go all in. You have to. Trivia question for you. The Browns win was on Thursday night football. Their previous win with Johnny Manziel, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. 2016 was a Saturday. When's the last time the Cleveland Browns won a game on Sunday? Ooh, that came in. That was 2016 where they only had one win. So it had to be sometime in 2015. Correct. But they only had like four wins that year. It was December 13th of 2015, which was 1,017 days ago. It was the last time they won a game on a Sunday. That was Manziel, actually, not that not the Saturday game. I believe. I believe Manziel won their last game on a Sunday. But I could be not scary. But the beer fridges are open. Dilly dilly. They're celebrating in Cleveland. Start the uh, unlock the beer fridges. One one and one. Start the riots. Start the play. Best riots. start since two thousand four, probably. Still, no, I don't know. It was uh, I believe eleven when they started two and one. Well, how about Shocked. that? How about that? I, I was tw- eleven or thirteen. That was was that the year. Was Derek Anderson a Pro Bowler that year, or was that that was oh seven? That was if, if it was eleven, it was Hillis. Yeah, that's right. So it was before that time. I'm saying, grab the coals, throw it in the fire. Let's get this train rolling. We're off <laughs> to the playoffs. We're on to five but, wins. But probably. Tyrod Taylor. We're, yeah, but Tyrod with, Taylor. But with Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Moving on from the Brownies, um, I predicted at the end of our episode last week that we were going to have a tie for the third straight week, and damn it, I came pretty close with New Orleans and Atlanta. Game went to overtime at 37-37, and it took them 10 or 11 minutes of overtime to finally decide a winner. New Orleans winning an absolute shootout on the road at Atlanta, 43-37. to um, That was the Calvin Ridley show for Atlanta. Three touchdowns wow. for the rookie. He looked awesome. Drew Brees lit it up. I think he's got something like eight touchdowns, no picks so far to start the year. Um, <laughs> no picks? That's a shocker. I, Drew, I, I – that's not even the most impressive stat. Michael Thomas, 40 targets, 38 catches. That's crazy. 96% catch rate. That is amazing. Check his gloves. I'm pretty sure he has stick them on him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's on pace for like 200 catches or something mm-hmm. stupid at this point. Yeah, to crush double-digit catches in every game this year yeah. so far. It's absolute, Unreal. absolute lights-out QB duel. Uh, Matt Ryan and Drew Brees combining for 770 yards in the air and eight touchdowns. Just unbelievable game. Kamara caught 15 passes. Michael Thomas caught 1,000. Calvin Ridley had three touchdowns. I think Julio had a great game. Uh, <laughs> those teams, man, every time they meet up, that's one of those games every week that I hate picking. Mm-hmm. I feel like no matter who I pick, every time it it's going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I was on the edge of my seat. I was the only one who had uh, New Orleans. Yep. And I was like, Ooh. that's I, I just went with the home team because you never know. You know, who's going to throw that seventh touchdown to so, take the lead when those two teams meet? Uh, I was pulling for Atlanta. Being a Packer fan, they have the Saints first-round pick uh, next year. So <laughs> I was pulling for the Saints to lose to your Brownies. Too bad they stink. Too bad they didn't put Baker in a couple weeks ago. Maybe they would have won that game. Um, Breeze broke uh, – he set the record that game. Most completions. Most completions all the time. Yep. Took another one from Favre. Oh. Well, history would be kind of Favre because – all of Fav's records are going to get broken. All of them will be. 
Except the Except consecutive starts. Yes. And that's because it was stolen from me. So is, is, does his, does his uh, rank in the annals of history, does, does that get lowered? I don't think so. He, he was three-time consecutive MVP in 95, 96, 97. Went to two Super Bowls, went to two more NFC Championship games that they lost at the end. Um, a lot of his stats were a product of his longevity, I think. The fact that he literally he didn't miss a game for... <laughs> lots lots of lots of likes. Like, yeah. 12, 12 at a time. Yep. Um, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of picks, a lot of passing yards, a lot of completions. It's that, that gunslinger mentality. He's yep. the perfect embodiment of the gunslinger mentality. Yep. He's, he was the perfect... Heaves a ball up and it's no, 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 <laughs> yes, when it ends up being a touchdown. Rodgers says a lot of that too, though. Rodgers, see, he doesn't throw nearly as many picks as. But as he throws them up there and they're like, oh, God, oh, God. And it's yeah, just. And they just. just that magic. They seem to always get caught. <laughs> Favre, on the, I think he had seven picks in one playoff game against the Rams. I believe it was 2001 with the greatest show on turf. Yeah. And it was one of the most miserable games I've ever watched. But that's the, that's the side effects of, yeah. of Brett Favre. You're going to get the five touchdown, 400 yard games. You're going to get the MVPs, but then you're going to get those you you know, four record. interceptions. Mm-hmm. Make work for it. Yeah, but no, I, I, he's one of the greats. He'll he'll forever be one of the greats. Um, I don't think that gets taken away. And plus, I I get in this argument all the time. You can't really compare eras. So he he played sort of at the front end of this whole protect the quarterback era, but he got the snot kicked out of him. In 20 years, how different the game of football has become. Uh Walked into this offensive beast. And it really shows – It shows you what what a tough son of a bitch he was that he he didn't have the protections they have now Uh and he still didn't miss a game. Um, He was something else. But, but yeah, uh, another record going down to Breeze. Um, Another shootout we had last week was Kansas City-San Francisco. That one was close for, for most of the game. Uh, Mahomes went off again. He, he's uh, absolutely unbelievable with t- what he's doing to start the year. Kansas City looks absolutely unstoppable on offense. San Francisco kind of keeping pace with them, but didn't really have the answer at the end. And then obviously losing Jimmy G to that devastating knee injury didn't help any. Um what do you think about Mahomes? You want to gloat? I'll give you the floor, the floor to gloat. Uh, hold, hold on, before before we do this take, I asked for a moment of silence for Jimmy G's ACL. <laughs> May we pray and send our best wishes, my sweet love, my prince. It's all right. It's we'll bad. get through this. Hold on. Closing fact on Jimmy G: still eight and two as a starter. That's all I'm going to say. QB wins are not a stat. Uh, Jared McKinnon and Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> within a couple of weeks of each other. Um, no I way. Just, well. Going back to the Mahomes thing is their offense looks fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. This past week, give, letting up 27 points to the 49ers is the lowest total they've given up. They've given up 20, uh, 28 to the Chargers and 37 to the Steelers. Yeah. They keep doing that. It's going to be hard for Mahomes to keep scoring 30 points. His least amount was 38. Well, it's going to be like I, I liken that back to the Packers in 2011 where they could not be stopped. And then they actually played the Kansas City Chiefs, who played a lot of cover two, rushed with four, and got home. And it, the Packers couldn't score, and, and they ended up losing. I think it was nineteen to ten or nineteen to seven or something. Um, so if you just have one of those games where your offense isn't in sync, if you're you know, you're going to be giving up thirty points, that's tough. That could cost you a game yeah, sometimes. Seven and eleven. 
Well, I was surprised too. Uh, Tyreek Hill, not a non-factor really. Only two catches, fifty-one yards. Hunt uh, was a non-factor too. Yeah, a couple touchdowns, but touchdowns. short ones. Yeah, but they were one-yard runs. I mean, yardage-wise, yeah. he didn't do anything. Um, but I mean, Hill has been just—he's been playing like a man possessed. Mm-hmm. So to see him sort of be in a secondary role and them to still play the way they did—that was that's impressive. They're still scary. Andy Reid, though. Still Andy Reid. They're scary. They're scary. Uh, interesting sort of schedule quirk, I guess, going forward with San Francisco. Uh, it's, it's really, really too bad about Jimmy G. San Fran is scheduled for five primetime games this year. So everybody yes. was looking forward to seeing Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh-huh. now we get a lot of C.J. Beathard on national television. So and that'll McKinnon be something And Garoppolo, both torn ACLs. Yep. Ugh. Season is, yep. Yep. Not yep. looking good. That's no good. A couple other games – Huge, huge upset in Minneapolis. Buffalo Bills coming into town and blowing the Vikings' doors off in their own house. To me, when I saw that, we're sitting at the bar watching Minnesota turn the ball over time and time again and Buffalo cashing in with touchdowns time and time again. The first thought that came into my head is that it's a classic trap game for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Just came off a 70-minute overtime tie with a division rival on the road with Green Bay, a game that they should have lost, scored 19 points in the fourth quarter to come back and tie it, and then ultimately missed the field goal. Arguably game of the, game of the year so far. So far, they should have lost and should have won probably all within a span of an hour of, of real time. And then they play Thursday night on the road against the Rams. Mm-hmm. So they had that to look forward to. It's easy to imagine the Bills getting overlooked coming into Minnesota. 17 and a half point favorites, uh, but holy cow, they didn't come to play. And, uh, and, and they got crushed. It no. wasn't even close. I mean, Buffalo put up all 27 points in the first half. Yeah. That'll, that'll, I don't care how good you think you are. That's going to put you right in the hole. And Josh Allen, he ate a bowl, bowl of balls for breakfast or something. <laughs> By God. He, Hurdling Anthony Barr. Wow. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. When I watching that play, I was like in total disbelief. Here I am thinking that this kid is the worst quarterback out of the bunch to come out. And, and here he is leaping Anthony Barr. No problem. He Lighting just, up Minnesota on the road. Yeah. Like, that's a tough place to play. You, yeah. Everybody knows it's Incredibly. Team. Yeah. Incredibly so, tough. So... Wow. <laughs> it's actually when they pipe in extra crowd noise. It yeah. makes it hard to hear. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's, that's why they have a dome, to keep all that fake noise on the inside. Because yeah. they can't generate enough by themselves over there with that stupid horn. <laughs> yeah. Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> um, keeping it in the NFC North, uh, Chicago won a close one over Arizona. We actually got the debut of Josh Rosen coming in in relief of uh, – the L7 weenie Sam Bradford, <laughs> who is a fraud, who is a terrible quarterback, who has stolen $129 million from the St. Louis Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, and now the Arizona Cardinals. Isn't that amazing? I hate how he uh, just used that term, by the way. $129 million dollars for Sam Bradford. L7. Why do you hate that? Just an old term. Classic. Sam Roberts. Yeah. So here's here's my little rant on Sam Bradford. And I'm mad because as a Packer fan, I wanted them to hold their lead and beat the Bears, which they could not do because Sam Bradford is a loser. I am on record saying that QB wins are not a stat, and I believe that to my grave. 
I do think that the quarterback influences wins more than any other position in sports, maybe other than starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. That being said, here's Sam Bradford's team records throughout his career, starting with when he got drafted first overall in 2010 by the Rams. 7 and 9, 2 and 14, 7 8 and 1, 7 and 9, 6 and 10. That year he tore his ACL and didn't play one down. 7 and 9 with Philadelphia. He was then traded for a first round pick to the Vikings. So there have been two first round picks used on Sam Bradford in his career. Where they go 8 and 8. Next year, last year, Minnesota goes 13 and 3 after Sam Bradford plays two games and Case Keenum takes them to the NFC Championship. And then this year, 0 and 3 before being benched by Josh Rosen. He has had his teams be over 500 when he was the primary starter once in his career since being picked first overall in 2010. He is an L7 weenie. He is a stiff. He's made of glass. He stinks. Why are you so mad at Sam Bradford? Where the hell did this come from? I, I just got mad watching him the other night. I wanted them to hang on and beat the Bears. They had the lead in the fourth oh, quarter. Bears. And Sammy Longsleeves came in and pissed it away because he's yeah, terrible. Your team didn't avoid him like the play. I'm pretty sure they were calling Minnesota to be like, hey, he's actually a good quarterback. You should guys should trade for him. No, I hate him because when he was with Minnesota in that 8-8 eight eight season, he lit the Packers' ass up in week two last year. It was the best game he ever played. <laughs> Out of his 2-14, 7-9, 7-8-1, 6-10, he picks his best game against the Packers. I hate Sam Bradford. Sound like me when Matt Liner comes on my TV. I can't wait for Josh Rosen to take that throne. I think he was the worst one out of the whole draft class. He threw what should have been a bad pick six. That got yeah, back. that was, it was that? ugly. It was really ugly. He, I think even with the horrible Cardinals team, he's not going to do good. I think the Cardinals might be the worst team in football. I, I thought it was the Bills. Yes, I would have thought it was the Bills. Too. But and it's a week to week league, right? Everything mm-hmm. changes with the Bills beating Minnesota. They could lay an egg again. Next they could week. go one and fifteen for all week. They know. could. They could. Um, but the thing that jumped out to me with that game is Khalil Mack just continues to dominate. We've brought him up every week since that trade to Chicago. He's got a strip sack in every game he's played in. Just absolutely wrecking offensive game plans um, and making that already stout front seven even better. He's got more sacks than the Oakland Raiders. Yep. And the Oakland Raiders <laughs> are on record, Coach John Gruden, saying that it's not easy to find pass rushers and that they need to get more out of their pass rush. Guess what, John? You had the best one in the NFL on your payroll a couple weeks ago. I mean, we were all unanimous, right? We all agreed that Chicago got the better of the deal. Oh, of course. I mean, he's a former defensive player of the year. He knew what you were getting out of him, and he's hungry. He, he got that contract. He got somebody who wanted him, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Big players come to play, man. I'm not surprised in the least bit. I, I'm shocked that he's had three strip sets in all three games, but – no, I'm to see, to to see him playing at the level he's playing at doesn't really surprise me. No, I, I think anytime you see dominance at that level, it's somewhat surprising. It's like LT like, but to see yeah. it coming from Khalil Mack is not surprising, I guess. Um, last game, last big game of the week uh, was Detroit with a big home win over the Patriots. Uh, former Patriot defensive coordinator Matt Patricia with his first career win as a head coach, Matty P, over predecessor Bill Belichick. 
we talked about this a little bit before we came on. Uh, I did not expect this. I thought the Pats were going to go in there and blow their doors off. I don't think the Lions are a very good team. I uh, I thought the Lions would score some points. Uh, I thought the Pats would force some key turnovers when they needed it, and I thought that they were going to run away by the end of the game. And that's not how this one turned out. I thought the Pats were going to win, but waking up that morning and after the 1 o'clock games, huge upsets everywhere. And then the 4 o'clock games, and I'm like, nah, the Lions are probably going to win just because how this day is turning out, and it's because it's the Pats and their defense is atrocious. Their defense is slow. Dumpster fire. Absolute slow. dumpster fire. Well, I mean, look at just look at the stats. If you look at the stats alone, it numbers don't lie. Uh, Detroit outpossessed uh, the Patriots 39 minutes to 20. That was alarming in the first half. Yes. I, I, I think the Pats had the ball for like four minutes in the first quarter or something. Well, like they, went, what, they went three, three and out three twice, outs. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they out, they out, they doubled double them in yards, double them in first downs. It's just the Pats. Oh my God, they. Well, when your know. quarterback doesn't show up for mandatory workouts with the team, and they're optional. You have zero. Yeah. Optional, man. Yeah, but when you have an entire new receiving core, you don't want your star quarterback. We have two wide receivers. Two. That's it. I don't count Patterson. I know they talk about our February mess, but he's he's really not a wide receiver. He's a gimmick player. He's a kick returner. He's a kick returner. They have Hogan and Dorsett. That's it. You know, part of me wonders, guys who didn't stick around, like Jordan Matthews and all those guys that they brought in, I wonder if Brady did go to those optional OTA practices and had those passing camps with those receivers if they would have picked some some of the stuff up and if they would have hung around. So you thought, oh, easily. They easily would have. And the Boston fans, they really get in depth over everything. So we'll overanalyze everything to the ends of end of time. I'm actually wicked excited that the Pats are not wicked. doing so good. Wicked. now all these headline bandwagon Pats fans can finally get out of the way and I can <laughs> clear up my news feed and not smash my head against the table so often. <laughs> See, I still think that they stink in September every year. I think they're gonna they're gonna be a different looking team come Thanksgiving than they are right now. Yes, I agree, but can we can we all agree at least that in years past they the framework has still looked a hell of a lot better than it does that's, now. That's very, very there true. are a lot of reasons for concern. Yeah, they're not gonna get any better if they don't do anything on defense. If they don't make a single upgrade on defense they're it's going to be like this for the entire season. That's that's the problem, and I run into this a lot as a Packer fan and seeing other Packer fans. People saying, oh, well, why don't you trade for a stud linebacker? Why don't you trade for a, a stud pass rusher or go sign somebody? I don't need, like, a stud. No, we had the point is, there aren't a lot of guys out there like that. No. Well, and the ones who are out there, the teams like having them, unless yeah. it's Khalil Mack, okay. and they don't want to get rid of them. We had Jamie Collins and uh, Chandler Jones. Jones. Yep. We had our playmakers on defense. Yep. Bill out, tried to outsmart himself and was like, ha ha, I can make someone even better than you. And Bill's arrogance gets in the way sometimes. And it's going to be the downfall. Bill can't get out of his own way. They need some be, talent. It's going to be a bad ending if this is it, man. It's going to be a bad ending to that well, era. The, the thing that hasn't helped them either is they lost you know, those draft picks from the sanctions and all that crap. But they haven't drafted well with their picks in, in quite a while. Their, their first-round picks, they don't have a very good track record the last few years with those guys. They have two, well, technically three, starting players in the past eight 
first rounders that they've drafted. They have three on the current roster that do anything. And that's that's like when they took Sony Michelle this year. Like, I he bad. Yeah, he'll turn it around. He'll be a playmaker. But you, they had so many other areas of need, and then they spent the first round pick on a running back. I yeah. thought that was. But they didn't need suspect. a running back. They broke down the snaps too on the, on the snaps that Michelle was in. He was so likely to get the ball. The percentage was like 80-90%. Really? So if he was in there, he's getting the ball. Yeah. So the Pats are becoming very one-dimensional and very predictable. They they're, they're trying to outpatriate outpatriate themselves. Yeah. They just they're going to implode. They, it's the writing writing is so close. It, it's right it's so close in front of them. It's just there's no way it, it's not it's unavoidable. They 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 did this to themselves. I'm just I'm still not going to say that they're done. Everybody's been saying that they've been done for the past four years and they just prove them wrong every time. So I'll be, I'm okay being wrong if they actually are done. I'll take that. And I want, I hope I'm wrong too. I really, I would love to see the Patriots go on a nice run here, but it's hard to see. It's hard to say that when it's, when it looks like this. Especially when they've made some of the boneheaded moves they have. It's just, this is a big week coming up for them with Miami. I, I thought, I don't know. I thought Miami was going to stink coming into this year, and they're one of the few three no teams left. They've got the game at home. I think they'll be okay. But if they lose that game, they're three games behind Miami with a head-to-head loss. And go, we're not even in November yet. They'll go one and one against Miami, but the, the loss won't come up. They won't. I don't think they'll they lose, lose in Miami like they always do. I, I, as a Pats fan, I hope they lose this game just to give them a kick of the pants and a reality check that be like. Yeah, but that's something's got to wait. When was up. the last time the Pats have dropped three in a row? Never happened. <laughs> exactly, like since the sixties. Well, the last time they started, <laughs> if they lose this, the they'll, be one in, they'll be one and three if they lose this. And the last time they started, one and three in two thousand one. Interesting. Fun fact, Friday. Fun nugget. Really, they started one and three that year. Started one and three. Um, they, won the, they won his first start, right, Indy? His first start, but when he came into uh, place in for Drew, they lost that game. Yeah, but against the Jets, that was. But then they went; they were like three and five, and then they just won the rest of the games out from there. One more thing that jumped out from this past week: um, officiating yet again can't get out of their own way. Happened to Clay Matthews for the third week in a row. Uh, Taking that bet, but yeah, plus four hundred. Yeah, but. The thing that really jumped out to me um, was Dolphins defensive lineman William Hayes uh, had two sacks this year through the first three weeks, um, broke through the line, was going in to sack Derek Carr, tried to contort his body so that he doesn't land with his body weight on the quarterback, ends up getting his cleat caught in the turf, torn ACL, done for the year because of this stupid-ass rule about protecting the quarterbacks as much as they will. William Hayes now loses his season to a torn ACL because he's tr- afraid it's in his head that he's going to get a penalty call when he's making a big play for his defense. Now he just lost it. He's lost for the year. Um, so really unfortunate. The league, like I said last week, can't get out of their own way. Nope. This thing's as clear as mud. They're not fixing it. They're not doing anything about it. Um, and w- one of the things I found interesting uh, with Jimmy G tearing his ACL on a yeah. non-contact play I understand what the league's trying to do. You're trying to protect the faces of, of the NFL, the big money guys. We talked about this yesterday. Um, you can't take injuries out of the game. You can put 
all the protections in there for quarterbacks that you want. Jimmy G escapes the pocket, runs for a few yards, blows his knee out, taking a misstep near the sidelines. Okay, but in fairness, Jimmy G, he, he, even if, if he didn't run out of bounds he could, like he did, he gained no extra yards. He should have just avoided the hit. Such a QB-friendly league, you know, everything's protected for him. I don't know why he didn't just run out of bounds. Right. I think the NFL just went too far with it. I understand, like, what they tried to do is to prevent the guy who comes off the edge and sees nothing but green and puts everything he has into the back of the quarterback. Yeah, that should be a flag. Going straight on, making a clean hit should not be a flag. There's a difference between landing on a quarterback and And driving into the quarterback. And I think that distinction is getting lost. It says right in the rule that the defender can't the rule can't <laughs> unnecessarily drive the quarterback or however they word it. The word unnecessarily is in there. If you hit somebody full on, like Clay Matthews did against Washington, you're going to fall on top of them. It's right. physics. You right. can't do anything about that. That's not unnecessary. That's a football play. If he were and he said uh at his locker in postgame, if I wanted to give him a little something and hurt him, I could have. And I didn't. He could have picked him up. He could have drove him into the ground. Alex Smith even agreed. He was like, yeah. that, was, that wasn't anything. It just, I think the concept of unnecessary is getting lost here. And, and if they could just reel that back a little bit and start making better judgment calls and using their head and try to not make it so black and white, I think it would fix it as, as counterintuitive as that sounds. Well, this is the, well, the rough in the past rule is now the catch rule of years yep. past. Yep. So yeah, but at least congratulations the catch rule isn't being at like it's not. How do I want to phrase this? Um, like teams are drastically losing because of the rough. And the I mean, it, it influenced the the Packers Vikings game that that should have been over after exactly. they roughing the passer call. Cousins threw back to back picks. Yeah, like the game was over. Well, and there's been since the catch rule has been out two, maybe three. Catches that were can I give awesome the Super the Super Bowl Jesse James last year and yeah like that was a catch by the way Jesse James oh yeah if you call the one in the Super Bowl a touchdown you gotta it's call the that same yeah. exact thing yeah. you gotta call that but they, they just need to figure it out I mean you're not gonna take injuries out of football by putting all these protections in for the quarterback you'll eliminate some but yeah. the same day that they call that roughing the passer on Clay Matthews again mm-hmm. Jimmy G tears his ACL on a simple football play you can't take it out of the league. Nope. So stop making it more confusing than it is. Um, I know that. Wanted to look ahead quickly to week four. I know we've kind of been a little long-winded here. Um, we've got bye week starting this week already, which is kind of crazy to think about. Carolina Panthers uh, and Washington Redskins, the first two teams with a bye this year. <laughs> going to make for a long end of the season for the Redskins and the Panthers, uh-huh. uh, going 13 straight weeks to end the year. Um we got a couple first-round QBs who are making their first career starts. Baker Mayfield for the Brownies, coming in for Terod Taylor last week. And I hope I eat my words on that. Named, named, he was named the starter by Hugh Jackson. They're going to Oakland this week. That's He's a black hole. That's tough. Um, and Josh Rosen uh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Steve Wilkes announced that Rosen will be the starter going forward as well. I think Rosen's going to stink, man. Yeah, he did not look good. Wasn't impressed. I, I mean, small window, but I mean, we'll see like a full week of – what the first team is doing. See, it, it's a full week of practice with the ones. It's a game plan around him instead of coming in against that Bears defense when you're already losing. Uh, a lot of variables at play there. But 
we're going to see four out of the five first round quarterbacks in action by week four starting games. That's crazy. So that's, that's something to look for. Got a lot of interesting games on the, on the slate. We mentioned dolphins and Patriots uh, and what that game could mean in the AFC East. Just touched on Seahawks and Cardinals a little bit with Josh Rosen making his first start. Uh, Thursday night, we're kicking off week four with Vikings at Rams. Love it. Insane game for Thursday night football. If the Vikings play anything they did last week, then it's not going to be that great of a game. Well, that's what I I think last week was a trap game because they're getting up for this game with the Rams. Yep. I think we're really going to see if the Rams are for real. They've. uh, I think they are. I think they are too. The teams that they've beat so far haven't been world beaters no you can only beat who's in front of you and they beat the piss out of everybody in front of them defense is a little shaken up though beaters and to leave a little um yep, yep. There. gonna miss some time uh both of them i think are gonna miss some time yeah uh so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out we've got browns and raiders with uh baker mayfield's first start we mentioned and I that. Think that's a that's a great defense for him to have his first official start against Winless Oakland Raiders hosting the Cleveland Browns. So something's got to give there. Are the Browns going to win two in a row, or is John Gruden going to get his first win since coming back and uh, putting that headset Could back go on? go either way. Gruden's waiting another week. Of course you would say that. Yep. Uh, you, I still cannot get over the fact that you look, want I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm not hating Baker starting. I get the fact, but I'm still saying everybody like immediately threw him to the wayside. I'm like, I would have given it some thought. Like, Taylor... Could have been 2-0, even though QB wins is not, but. By the end of this year, I'm going to go through all of the clips, all the episodes, and <laughs> compile a list of all your Browns takes just to see <laughs> how consistent you are with your takes. I right. said Browns is no, you constantly have, going but to Tarod, I remember, remember that. Tarod Taylor should start. Okay. So if it went either, like if they said Taylor's still the starter, I would not be upset. But I'm rooting for Baker. Because I, meant, I want the Browns to go to the electric, playoffs. man. I meant to bring this up earlier, and it totally slipped my mind. Uh, just just more ammo in my QB wins are not a stat gun. Um, Baker Mayfield did not get credit for that win to Rod Taylor did. Even Which though, is weird. Yeah. I figured it would be like relief pitchers, where if they're in the game and they end up winning. Well, it's because it's not a real stat. When did Tyrod, um, when did Tyrod get hurt? Uh, before the second the half. half. Yeah. It was two before minutes. the second half? So yeah. should, oh, come on. That's yeah. a crap stat. Yep. Yeah. QB wins, baby! QB wins! Terod Taylor with that big comeback win for the Browns. How about it? Love it. Uh, and then to round out this week, we have Ravens-Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Big-time bruiser battle in the AFC North. Uh, Steelers got to come to play. They finally got that first win they were looking for last week. Um, no easy task with Baltimore coming in. No. If, uh, if Steelers lose this, Tomlin on the hot seat. I don't think this game, I think if they have a losing year, then yeah, that conversation gets Well, man, they, but they're going to be 0-2-1. They're 1-1-1. One, one, one. Oh, 1-1-1. One, one, one. That's right. They won last week. Yeah. No, I think the bigger storyline is uh, if and when they move on from leaving on Bell. Mm. Is he got ways he's going to end up? I, I, I've heard uh, the Jets is a possible landing spot. The Jets reached out to him for him. Yeah. Um, about him. But did they even consider it? I think it was just, hey... Are you interested in dealing them? Yeah. One of those conversations. Let us know. Who knows? Yeah. But, but yeah, that's interesting. James Conner's played well. Yes. He's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's been serviceable. No, I mean, like, like, like I said previously, he was he was great in college. So not really too surprised to see that consistency there. It's going to be interesting. AFC North games are just 
smash mouth. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if that roughing the passer call comes into play with Terrell Suggs coming off the edge. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get two quarterbacks who more stand in the pocket a little more than others. Big Ben moves a little <laughs> bit. Flacco's not going anywhere. Yeah, Flacco, nope. There, there's going to be some hits on the quarterback on Sunday night. Yes. I'll be interested to see how that gets called. And then rounding out week four, we've got Chiefs at the Denver Broncos on Monday night. It's really our first look uh, on primetime with Patrick Mahomes. We've all seen the highlights. We've all seen the touchdowns. I'm super excited to actually see him play and see what that looks like. And see just a little more than, you know, the arm throwing 60 yards on a highlight. Monday night's a whole other animal, too, because that's – you're not Sunday at one. Oh yeah. There's nowhere to hide here. Yeah. It's, you're going to change your entire routine now just to drag it all the way out to Monday night. Mile high though is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Yep. They're going to be ready to go. Division Ah, game. You got that golden arm in a very high stadium. The ball's going to travel a little bit more. So let's see if he can actually reel in his power. Yeah, but the player's going to run as fast to catch the ball. That's what I'm saying. He's going to reel in his power. That ball's going to travel a little bit further. Also, Mahomes, guys with arms like that, they're the ones who tend to get in trouble with picks when they think they can make some throws that maybe they they quite can't. Um, Road game, division game, national TV, it's going to be a good test for him. I'm, I'm real interested to see how he comes out of that. Yeah. I like it. Uh, what do you guys got? What do you want to end on? Uh, well, I got to mention, um, I wanted to briefly talk about what happened with the Titans-Jags game. <laughs> Nine to six. Kickers, baby. Kickers are people, too. Yeah, but Good Lord. who's even quarterbacking for Titans? It was Gabbert got hurt. Gabbert, yeah. Gabbert's in the concussion protocol, so then they had to send Mariota in who, like, can't feel his hand or yeah, something. He one yeah. hand. He had one hand tied behind his back. Yeah, that, that was Jacksonville one of those. can't put up points against Titans, and then somehow the Titans go down for three drives and score field goal. Division games are weird, man. Football games are weird to start. Division games are even weirder. Weird stuff happens in division games. Also, I mean, Jacksonville's coming off the high of beating the Pats, too. So might have been a little bit of a letdown game for them. Still without Fournette. Um, yeah, he's that's, that's going to be hard to I don't know. Weird game. Pat McAfee loved it. This you know, is such yeah, a weird yeah, season, the man. It's this great. It's such a wild weird season. It's wild, and we're only three weeks into it. Yeah, I know. And my picks hate it. All of our picks hate it. Yeah. This week is bad. This week is real bad. I, I, I'm no music this week for me, but I would like to like to remind everybody that I am still numero uno. Lead dog. Lead dog. <laughs> woof woof woof. Going into week four. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This is it's weird season so far. Uh, I love what's it. What's that? What's that uh, saying? He likes it. Oh yeah, fool's gold. Yeah, this yeah. is fool's gold. I Not need so to fast, st- my friend. I need to start pulling a George Costanza because every every intuition I have is completely wrong when it comes to picking these games. <laughs> Honestly, I pick my games. I don't even second. I don't even overthink it. Once I pick it, that's it. I cannot touch it because I will overguess, and now I always get it See, wrong. See, because I always forget to do like. My research, and then you're asking for the picks, and I'm at work, and I write. I'm on a piece of cardboard, and I send you a picture. <laughs> you got to get them into me before Thursday, man. That's, that's I know, the and then like I think of it last minute, and I'm like, oh crap, and I rush through it. Them's the rules. Uh, anything else? Go blue. Go Irish. Go pack. Go. This is between the hashes. This is episode five. Thanks for coming along. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.